This is Pop-Up Book, your midweek pop-up book review from Book Public on Texas Public Radio. I'm Yvette Benavides. This week's pop-up book is Dancing with the Octopus, a Memoir of a Crime by Deborah Harding. When Deborah Harding was 14 years old, she was abducted at knife point. An ice storm swirled throughout her hometown in Omaha when this occurred as she waited outside a closed church, assuming the choir practice had not been canceled since a school wrestling event across the street went on as planned. The abductor, a man she refers to as Mr. K, drives her around in a stolen van, interrogating her about her family's finances. The young, naive girl surmises that her father must make $16,000 a year. It turns out it doesn't matter what he makes. Mr. K will demand $10,000 in ransom. He does so from a payphone and threatens to kill Deborah's father and his daughter if he doesn't come through with the money. After making that ransom call, Mr. K drives young Deborah to a secluded area, puts a sack over her head, and rapes her before leaving her out in the below-freezing conditions in a railway yard. He will go alone to the mall parking lot where he is to meet her father. Deborah escapes and returns to safety. Eventually, Mr. K is caught, tried for his crimes, and sentenced to 25 years in prison. But that's not the end of the story. That's not even the story. Where is Deborah's mother in all this drama? She's at home, doubting her daughter's claims about what happened, saying that none of it ever happened. By now, as readers, we've learned a lot about what it was like for Deborah Harding and her three sisters to grow up with a father she adored and who adored her and a mother who lashed out at her girls, once even locking them in a freezing cold garage for hours. Their father wrote off the deed as part of the mother's postpartum depression, but that would not explain the years of abuse, beating Deborah for failing to put the laundry away, belting her sisters to the point of drawing blood from large welts on their calves when she believes that they took sips from her glass of Coca-Cola. Harding's mother calls the cops and tells them her daughter has been smoking pot. The investigating officer notes the mother's peculiar behavior and demeanor, but sides with Deborah. The outcome in no way deters Deborah's mother from more cruelties inflicted on her daughters. As an adult, Harding starts to experience bouts of depression, but also other unexplained maladies she cannot so easily align with post-traumatic stress disorder. One insensitive doctor is no help telling her that there's nothing wrong with her. He, like her mother, tries hard to convince her that the truth about her life is a lie. Years later, Harding and her husband work to retrace the history of the crime in Omaha, the abduction and the rape and the rest. They come to the only real conclusion. Of course it all happened. Of course Harding's mother was monstrous in her lack of compassion for what her daughter endured. In attempting to achieve some control in her own life, Harding decides that restorative justice might help. She comes face to face with Mr. K. She has found that the situation with this attacker helped her solidify her relationship with her father. She could never save her dad from his own later battles with depression. 
She could not again connect with a sister who disconnected from the family because of their mother's abuse. But then, in the anticlimactic and disappointing meeting that comes from the final encounter with her abductor and rapist, all those years later, she finds that justice isn't easily assured. Some readers believe that memoir is too much about the confessing of dramatic situations, that the too much information of it all somehow dilutes the writing, the art and craft of it. What is Harding to do then with this unsteady raft of stories from her life? She shows the ways in which each devastating relationship is connected to the next sad event, or even happier and more optimistic ones. There isn't a way to nip and tuck at those. Her whole story is a composite of all these situations, and even more than just these. Harding shares a discovery she made while studying Freud's views on epilepsy. Freud argued that the Russian author Dostoevsky had a seizure disorder that was a symptom of his neuroses, a kind of severe hysteria. Dostoevsky had been a political prisoner and, quote, suffered trauma after being made to stand in front of a firing squad with a burlap bag over his head, only to receive a reprieve from the czar at the last moment. Writes Harding, but that was not all. His seizures stopped after he finished writing The Brothers Karamazov. This book, says Harding, had been based on the experience of, quote, living with his murderous father and the child abuse that Dostoevsky experienced. Therapy, exercise, a loving husband, and writing help Harding move forward, knowing now with even more certainty that the idea of resolution isn't a quick fix, but nor is it an enduring one. The resilience exemplified by Deborah Harding seems like something entirely hard won, and even appropriately shaky and intermittently unreliable, as she fights on. Deborah Harding is the author of Dancing with the Octopus, a memoir of a crime. It's published by Bloomsbury. This has been Pop-Up Book from Book Public on Texas Public Radio. Write to us at bookpublic at tpr.org. Jacob Rosati composed our theme music. Bree Kirkham is our digital producer. Dan Katz is Texas Public Radio's news director. I'm Yvette Benavides. <laughs>